Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valero and I discuss a variety of topics, including uh, Frank Clark's uh, recent arrest, which could be a problem going forward, and some more uplifting stories, including Travis Kelsey's uh, tight end university and uh, Carl Nassib's big announcement to the world. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday here, a little bit a little bit later in the week than we normally do. We had to give Joe a couple days to recover from his Philadelphia 76ers losing in that game seven. If our listeners could only see me hanging my head. <laughs> I was so bummed, Jeff. You know, I know, and I know there's been this big push for Kansas City to try to get an NBA franchise, which would be fantastic for the city. I think it'd be so cool. You know, the NBA playoffs are fantastic. You know, I, I got to be honest. I'm being truly honest, I'm not a huge regular season NBA fan because oh, right. sure. I just I kind of just wait till the playoffs because it really starts to heat up, you know. And and I'm not a bandwagon fan. I'm still a huge Sixers fan and a big NBA fan, but I just I tend to really get focused on it when when playoffs start. And I really watched every second of the Sixers run. And boy, you know, I know everybody's giving Ben Simmons a lot of grief right now if you're a basketball fan and watching somebody who you know, is a perennial all-star just not really seemingly perceptively show up, right, in the playoffs. And that's been the perception, right? And, you know, I don't know what to say. Embiid carried the team on a bad meniscus and and some other supporting players really played well. They just couldn't get past the Hawks. And, and it was a tough, tough loss. And, and, you know, another blow to the Philadelphia sports scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Well, well, fortunately, you've always got the Kansas City sports scene. And, and things, certainly with uh, training camp less than a month away, or about a month away, there's brighter things on the horizon, Joe. Uh, but first, actually, kind of a, a serious story that really needs – that we need to talk about that happened over the weekend um, – Frank Clark was arrested uh, on suspicion of having a concealed gun. And it was the second incident in three months. Joe, this is a big deal. I, I, I think that this, you know, we'll see when the facts come out. Um, the NFL is looking into it. The Chiefs have made a statement just that they're aware of it. And, you know, nothing more than that. But this could merit uh, a long suspension for a guy who the Chiefs really neat. Yeah, I mean, it's a piece of the puzzle, right, that, that we don't want to lose because um, it makes the defense definitely incomplete, and they've made a ton of philosophical and personnel moves around Frank Clark being able to play at his best at that position, right? I mean, you think about some of the things they're doing, trying to do with Chris Jones and move him outside and, you know, bringing in players that will complement what they already have. And it just like, it just takes a, a whack out of the tree, right. And out of the puzzle, a piece out of the puzzle for, for us. So it's, you know, it's going to be something that the teacher are going to have to deal with, right. There's still a lot of, you know, one thing I've learned in my older age to, to say are things like, uh, you know, alleged uh, suspicion, right. Like we, we've got to get all the facts, right. We can't jump to conclusions. We've got to let this play out. And then, 
follow the you know follow the letter of the law so to speak and 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 what happens with it from a from a legal perspective and what the ramifications are and kind of deal with it at that moment right and that's what oh. i think Brett Beach and Andy Reid and the Hunt family are going to have to deal with is, is once things settle, they're going to have to make some decisions about what they do, you know, disciplinary wise or what the NFL does. Some of it might, some of this might even be out of the chief's control, right? If, totally. it, if, if it's could be out of their control. Totally, Joe. And, you know, you, you made a good point how he, he's so key to the defense. The defense is really kind of set up in some ways around Clark. You look at the guys they brought in, they brought in Jared Reed, who had so much success on the same defensive line as, as Clark with Clark in uh, Seattle. And then Taco Charlton, who, who showed some flashes before getting hurt last year, he was um, a Michigan teammate in college of Frank Clark. Clark kind of mentored him, so it, it's really key. And, you know, the Chiefs, Joe, I think the Chiefs, top to bottom, and certainly you look at the most important position, quarterback, I think the Chiefs have the best, most talented roster in the NFL on paper. But there are a couple areas that kind of – um, don't have great depth at cornerback. Uh, they don't have a lot of depth. Um, I really like the potential of Snead, and I, I think uh, Ward ha- has, sh- has shown that he's a very competent quarterback. And Matthew can play um, some nickel, and they can move him around. Nickel cornerback, he can play. Um, and then the other position, defensive end. Frank Clark is really good. They drafted the kid out of uh, Florida State, of course. I'm hoping Taco comes back, but. Those are two areas they don't have much depth. Geez, if, if Frank Clark is gone for some time, that could be a, a major hit and take the Chiefs from what I think is the best team in the NFL. That could significantly bring that roster down. Yeah, well, you know everybody early on on their schedule is now looking at it, and, and maybe they haven't adjusted their game plans quite yet. It's still June, but – you know, you know that there's a lot of offensive coordinators out there on the early part of the Chiefs' schedule that are they're looking at this as a as a big thing for them, right? And they're kind of wringing their hands and saying, "Okay, you know, what are our plans now? How are we going to attack this team if they don't have Frank Clark?" And you know, what are what are the the offensive coordinators are saying? What are the Chiefs going to do to compensate for it? Mm-hmm. And it's gonna it's definitely going to leave a hole. And I, and I think there's a lot of uh, offensive coordinators salivating right now especially early on in, you know, in, in this, uh, in this schedule coming up that, that are thinking, Oh man, you know, this could be our, our chance to take a nick out of, of the chiefs real early in the season if they don't have their defense solidified. And I think, you know, I think you're right, Jeff, coupled right behind that defensive end, you know, depth is, is corner. So, you know, again, it's probably, you know, short of what happened in with the offensive line um, in the Super Bowl, it's, it's going to be on the defense's, uh, shoulders to carry, you know, this team through the through the first part of the schedule, which is which is pretty tough, which is a pretty mm-hmm. tough part of the schedule in the beginning. So, you know, we're going to learn a lot about this team, and we're going to learn a lot about what happens uh, in the in the next couple of weeks and, and month, you know, as far as what happens with Frank and 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 how this is what an impact this is going to have. And you know, you hear all the stories that was his bodyguard's gun, and like. I, you know, I, I, I got to be honest, Jeff, and I'm not being critical. And I know there's a lot of, you know, the word alleged and suspicion and all that stuff. But, you know, sometimes, you know, and I, I, mean, I don't mean any pun by this or, or, but, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, you know, I don't know, what is somebody doing with an Uzi? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't, you know, I know that we're, we're not all the same and we all have different things that we do in our lives and, you know, interests and whatnot. But like, 
I'm just going to be frank and honest. Like, I don't know what, why there's an Uzi in a bag. Like, that, I don't. That's the detail that really jumped out. You know, you'd be one thing if it was um, kind of a, a handgun or even a, a machine gun. But uh, yeah, it is disconcerting to, for, uh, for, for sure to see, to, to read about that kind of a weapon. Uh, Joe, another uh, interesting component here is the, the financial part of it. You know, Frank Clark is in the third year of a five-year, $104 million deal, a huge deal. It's one of the most lucrative for any uh, defensive end. It's actually fifth in the NFL for uh, defensive ends uh, based on per-year average. And the interesting thing about this, though, uh, if the Chiefs release him after this season, there's not a huge cap hit. And the Chiefs obviously have all these – Mahomes is making a ton of money. Chris Jones right. is making a ton of money. They've got to sign uh, Atlanta Brown. got to sign Matthew. So this is already a big – this is basically a contract year, even though he's under contract like Frank Clark. Right. So that's another thing that bears watching. Again, we don't know what's going to happen, but not a good, not a smart look for, for such a critical year in Frank Clark's career. Yeah, and a critical and a critical time for the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 what this means for his teammates, who you know, everybody heard the news, you know, Travis Kelsey saying that 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 he feels like last year was a failure, you know, and 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 his statement falls into that same camp as you know Patrick Mahomes saying that that he could envision this team going twenty and zero. I love that kind of thinking, you know. I mean, yeah, sure, every team, you know. You know, every team dreams about winning the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and they set those goals and adjust accordingly. And I love that Travis Kelsey said that to him the season was a failure because really, at the end of the day, it is because they didn't win the Super Bowl. They weren't the best team. So it's just – it's kind of like – um it's, it's levels of failure, right? right? They still went to the Super Bowl. But it's still, nonetheless, the fact that he has – you know, the fact that he has the word failure in his mind, I love that. I love that mentality. This team is hungry. They're not settling for, you know, a couple Super Bowls in a row, three AFC championships. They're not settling. And, like, that's what you want. You want people like Patrick Mahomes. You want your leadership on this team to say, Super Bowl, win, 20-0. and 0. That's the kind of stuff you want to hear. Um, but you don't want this stuff to happen. Right, because this just takes away from all of it. It's another distraction. It's one other thing that'll kind of keep them from, you know, uh, being able to focus 100% on that. And now everybody's got to adjust their game plans and things. So internally, I should say, not just the other offensive coordinators out there, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to deal with, and, and it, it, it definitely disrupts the chemistry for sure. Could be a major disruption, Joe. Absolutely. We'll have a little bit more on Frank Clark, but first, a word from our sponsor. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball playoffs, sorry, Joe, and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, bet all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website to do today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, Head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Joe, one last thing I want to talk about with uh, Frank Clark, because um, this is interesting. I was talking to uh, to a guy, a, a former Seahawk who's still involved in the, the team, um, about when 
Clark signed with the Chiefs or was actually traded to the Chiefs. Because I was curious, Frank Clark is a very good player. I think he he is a better player than the 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 player the Chief the players the Chiefs got rid of to make room for him, D Ford. Justin Houston, at least at this point of Justin Houston's career, when he's a little bit older, Justin Houston during his prime was excellent. Um, and I'm like, why Why did the Seahawks move him? Why did they pay him? And he actually said that he, he thought that the Seahawks were a little bit worried about committing so much money uh, to a guy that has had some incidents in the past. He had a big college one where he was kicked out, kicked off the Michigan team. So anyhow, I was I was thinking about this when this news surfaced again, we don't know. Hope, hopefully, you know, he is innocent. Uh, we're all rooting for him, but the, that kind of an interesting uh, backstory there from, uh, from, from a source who was pretty informed. No, Jeff, that's really insightful and, and, and definitely worth bringing up, right? Because there, there is, you know, there is a past there, right? And, you know, we've said this a lot about this Chiefs organization, and if there's if there's one organization, I feel with the with the 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 ownership, with the Hunt family, with the people of the city, the fans, the type of fans that are there, Brett Veach, you know, the people he has in management on that football operation side, and then you look at Andy Reid as the head coach. Like, if there was ever an organization, which I've said this before, that can make people feel like they can come in and, and, and they can be part of a culture that is, is there for each other. It, it is this organization. So, you know, I don't, you know, look, is it a, it's not a, it's not a systemic issue within the chief's organization. Um, when these kind of things happen, you know, it's not a reflection of them. These, these are reflections of people and their individual choices that they make. And I've always felt that the chief's organization is one that definitely mitigates a lot of that. You know, they just, they always seem to be the organization that, that, that tries to keep this kind of noise out of the, out of the, out of the spotlight. Right. And we, you know, we kind of saw it with, um, you know, we saw it with, uh, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt and, and some of the other things that have happened and, and it's happened in the past. It happened, you know, when I was there, we, you know, I'll leave names out to protect the, uh, the innocent and the guilty, but we had our share of issues, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you, Carl Peterson and, and Mr. Hunt and, and Marty, I'll tell you, there was nobody better at sort of mitigating those things and keep people back on the, the straight and narrow as much as they can. And on to more kind of cheery subjects, something I wanted to talk about here that very cool. This is a three-day event going on from Wednesday uh, through Friday, uh, tight end university. And really, I, I spoke to George Kittle about this and it's really kind of Kittle's uh, event because it's in Nashville where, where he spends his off season, but also uh, Travis Kelsey uh, of the Chiefs and Greg Olson are kind of the, the co-creators of it. It's the first, first of its kind. They're hoping it's going to be annual. And they have like more than 40 tight ends showing up. Everyone from guys like Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, uh, Noah Fant, I mean, the, the best of the best, uh, pretty much any major tight end. And the Chiefs have two guys. We, we mentioned Kelsey. Also, Blake Bell is involved. It's a really cool idea, Joe, that three days that they talk about kind of rehab and recovery. They talk about just on-field nuance. Kelsey is one of the guys kind of presenting kind of things to work on and film study. Um, they're even meeting with the Boys and Girls Club to, to give some tutorials to them. It's basically for them to create a bond among the tight ends and also become better at their craft. And they, they've started doing this uh, 
Kittle said he was inspired by Lane Johnson of the Eagles, who has an OL summit uh, in Texas, and Vaughn Miller has an edge rusher event in Las Vegas. Joe, how cool is this? And, and was, this, was there anything like this that you had heard of during your day, playing days? No, nothing, nothing like this, Jeff. I, I, think, I think some of, you know, social media makes it a little bit easier, I think. Um, and not to, not to blame uh, not having social media for us, not doing these kinds of things during the 90s. But, you know, I think social media allows these players to get to know each other a little bit better, even if they're not personally knowing each other and, and like getting personally introduced. You know, it's so easy to, to kind of get the flavor of somebody through social media. It's much easier to stay connected. And, and that's know, how to, Kittle, Kittle said that he – I'm like, how did you get all these guys to, to attend? He's, he said he slid into their DM. So he just kept yeah, – like, yeah, so, yeah. so you're totally – that's a great point, Jill. Yeah, that was a great, a great uh, spot that you did there for Forbes, Jeff. That was great. I really enjoyed reading it, and, and I love that. I love that comment, slid into their DMs. You know, that's, uh, maybe, maybe that's a slang term I can use, you know, with my kids to make myself a more cool dad. <laughs> um, I'll, try, I'll try using that. Um, but I, but I think you know I think social media does help and and I think having you know just just for lack of better terms more media there's just more media out there you know when I was playing you know you had ESPN on Sunday nights you kind of saw players and you watched Monday Night Football and that was about all the exposure you had to players you know like even even your peers you didn't really get to know them as well. Uh, unless you actually played with them. Um, so I just think it's fantastic. I, I think it's so cool that, that a, a, a specific, um, uh, you know, position group wants to, wants to elevate themselves and to put the spotlight on themselves and, and to build a, a sort of a brotherhood uh, among, you know, what they're doing, right, as a craft. Because tight end is a, you know, it's a unique spot, you know. I mean, they've, they've you know, I've heard, different terms like the argonauts or you know they, they have all of these great terms that you, you know you use for tight ends because they do it all you know they're receivers they're linemen sometimes they run the ball you know sometimes they hand the ball off to a travis kelsey like they just they seem to um you know a lot of times a lot of your tight ends come up through special teams you know a lot of your backup tight ends will be you know special teams masters you know they'll be out there on punt return, kickoff return, kickoff team, different things like that. So they just do it all. And um, I, I think it's really awesome that, that they're doing it. I just, I'm waiting for my invitation. So I, I might try to slide in to somebody's DM and see if I can get an invitation as, you know, a former air quote tight end, you know, maybe, maybe they'd look for some old veteran, you know, maybe some post football stories or something, you know, about the real world. I know, Joe. If they, if Tebow didn't, if Tim Tebow didn't make the cut, you might be better off uh, buttering up Lane Johnson for the O line summit in, in Texas. I think that's your best bet to, to do yeah. one of these. Yeah, probably, games. Jeff. Probably. <laughs> the the other big news of the or the biggest news of the week is Las Vegas Raiders uh, edge rusher Carl Nassib, who came out and openly uh, said that he was gay. And really a cool thing, Joe. And, you know, you kind of have some he, – he's from pretty close to, to where you live and grew up, correct? Oh, yeah. He's uh, maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes from where I grew up, from Westchester, Pennsylvania. Uh, Carl went to Malvern Prep Preparatory School, which is a, a, a private school here um, outside of uh, Philadelphia. You know, I have a lot of friends who've uh, – uh, sent their kids to Malvern Prep, and um, actually, one of good good friend of mine whose son there is, a, is an All American wrestler there, played football, um, and uh, you know it's um, 
great school, you know, great community. And uh, I, I was just so excited for him to do that. And, you know, Jeff, just like everybody else who said it, I, I know I'm kind of repeating some things that uh, others have said. It's just, it's, it's great that he did it. And, and it's, 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 you know, it, it shows the courage and it shows the, the, the sort of the acceptance of, of the community for people to celebrate it. I guess the only thing you hope for is that you want this to not be news anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's like, that's what you hope for. You hope that someday this doesn't have to be headline news, you know, that, that people can live their lives the way they want to live them and they can be accepted for, for whatever it is that they believe in or whatever it is that however they choose, you know, to live their life. Um, that's the ultimate goal. And th- these are the first steps, right? These are the first steps that we need to do to, to break down some of those barriers in people's minds that it has to be, you know, things have to be a certain way, you know, stereotypically. Right. And that, and that somebody who is openly gay can be a fantastic athlete and play in the NFL, right. It doesn't have to be the stereotypical, you know, what other people 50 years ago would have thought of as, as somebody who was an NFL player. So I, I just think it's awesome. I think it's great. It's, 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 um, you know, it's just fantastic that he did it and, and that he is gaining the acceptance of everybody out there and that we're breaking down those barriers. And it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, I, you know, I, I knew Ezra Tuolo pretty well when, when we were playing, we, we played together in the East West shrine game, got to know him there, came out in the same draft, you know, he got to know him uh, a little bit through, you know, through his career as we, you know, as we went sort of back and forth, uh, you know, Packers, Vikings. And, and, and the reason why we actually got to know each other was, you know, we started our relationship, uh, getting to know each other at the East West Shrine game and then moved it forward to Green Bay in Minnesota. He spent, you know, his first two seasons with Green Bay and then his next like four, three or four or five with, with Minnesota. But in those years, those were the years that I played, right? 91 to 96. And, and we used to go to training camp with the Packers the and the Vikings. Every year. The cheese league, Joe. I love in, old in, cheese league stories. In the old cheese league. Jeff, one of these days, I'll have to break out my, uh, my cheese league t-shirt for you and uh, <laughs> we can t- take a screenshot of it for, for our listeners and, and post it, but I, I still have it to this day. My, my cheese league um, uh, t-shirt that had all the teams in Wisconsin. Um, and, uh, but, you know, it, but we were, we, we got to, you know, spend two, three days practicing against the Packers and the Vikings each training camp. And, you know, it'd see, I'd see Ezra and we talk and, and, you know, we just kind of kept, kept building that relationship. So, you know, just another, another, you know, gentleman to the max, you know, um, and just a, a fantastic human being who, you know, who came out, um, many years ago and, 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 um, you know, gained a lot of support from his peers and actually went on to do some great things after that. He, he was, uh, you know, he, he was on the voice, uh, you know, and he, he sang one of my daughter's favorite songs that, that she sang in one of her, uh, acapella concerts once called rise up by Andre day. And I remember seeing Ezra sing that and, and, and he uh, actually got Jennifer Hudson and Blake Shelton to turn their chairs around. So, uh, I remember, uh, you know, talking to my daughters about my relationship with Ezra and getting to know him, uh, during that time. And again, was, I was just trying to be that cool dad, you know, every once in a while, you know, you got to pull out the, the cool dad stuff. Um, and, uh, they, they, you know, catching a touchdown pass from Joe Montana was like, Oh, okay. But like knowing Ezra Tuala, who was on the voice, that was cool. <laughs> it's kind of like the whole Eric Stone street, you know, thing that we did last year on, or, you know, a while back on Instagram, you know, they thought that was cool, but they forget, you know, that actually that's got to play funny. football, but that, that was not cool, I guess. Um, but yeah, so I, so anyway, long story long, Jeff, I, I think it's great for, for our world and our society and, and great for Carl. And, and I'm excited that, uh, you know, that, that he's gaining 
uh, it's gaining the traction and, and the positive energy that it that it should and that it deserves. And and kind of a, a nice comp there with Tuwalo that you know they were both both defensive linemen. Uh, and, and for the people who aren't familiar with this story, uh, Tuwalo uh, played for you mentioned the Vikings, the Packers, and then, and then came out um, you know after long after his pro career, and that's what <laughs> makes. This significant with uh, Nassib is that he he's coming out in the midst of his career. Also, I think a comp that you know they weren't the star players. Well, you know he wasn't John Randall, but he was a good solid player who had a long career. And that's oh, yeah. kind of like Nassib that he he's going to stick around for a while. But you know he, he has bounced around a little bit, and it's kind of funny what he was known for. But before this was, I think he was on that. Joe, I don't know if you saw this on Hard Knocks when he was the guy. Um, during the Browns hard knocks that he was giving investment strategy to all the other players. And it was great telling them how to set up, uh, they need to set up a bank account because he's like, you don't have to do anything and you'll just earn 10% more every now. I wish I had that kind of account. <laughs> in, yeah, in, yeah, in my yeah. account. But it's a wise strategy nonetheless. But uh, anyhow, a, a very cool story and, and great news that he felt comfortable uh, doing so. And hopefully, Others will become more comfortable doing the same. So that, like you said, it you don't eventually. Hopefully, you, no one really needs to do this and 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 make kind of a, a, a production about that. It. It's almost not news going forward. That's that's what we exactly. That's what we hope we can get to. That's where we want to get to. If you enjoy the show, which we're presented by Bet Online, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories: iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.